Eugene, what are you watching? Turn that smut off. I made you spaghetti. <laughs> I don't want Satan leaning over my shoulder saying, oh, what are you doing today? Just a call later. Here's his head. Soccer punted down the stairs. Have a good day. Ants would have crawled up your pee-pee or something and given you malaria or something. I don't know. I think the best way to escape this administration is to go to a library. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? Eric's Guide to Zombie Survival that has not worked out in any fictional film yet. Yeah, I was saying, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure that you know this with kids, that if there's, like, you know, we... We're still working some kinks out with our house, and so there's lots of times where uh, maybe someone will be over to work on, like, to just do a little something on the house or whatever, and um, our kids don't quit talking when someone else is here, uh, and Lucas had just got back from school, and so he wanted me to quick read him a book, and so I'm reading a book, and this is like a Steven Spielberg scene here. Like, uh, straight out of the second Jurassic Park movie, where I'm reading a book to the kids, and there was a guy over here talking to my wife about our countertop and it's just this loud conversation of two conversations going on and this guy's voice is kind of loud and carrying and I'm trying to be loud talking about this mouse astronaut book and, and the cat astronaut and dog astronaut and they're fighting but they want to be friends and I'm like oh and both of our voices keep raising higher and higher and higher to talk over each other and like oh I'm just waiting for a T-Rex to come and rip the top of our house off and <laughs> Uh, oh, oh yeah, my kids do that too. And like, we'll be talking, uh, the wife and I, just over dinner, we'll be talking, having a conversation about something, and then, Daddy, I want to. It's just like, dude, I'm in the middle of a conversation. Can you wait till there's a pause at least? Yeah, there's like, and I, oh, it's just it's the the Spielberg effect. Two conversations at the same time for artistic merit doesn't work. <laughs> Get me a cheeseburger and a and a shake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yep. hello? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a bad Skype. Oh. Yeah. Am I Pick still up? moving? Am I still... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of still yeah. jittery, but you're in standard yeah. definition now. Oh, great. Let me... At least oh. you're moving. Let me yeah. shrink the window down. There we go. And actually, my, my wife and kids are going to be leaving here pretty soon, and I'll open up the, the door, and that might help the internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the houses that I'm uh, renov- I'm helping renovate right now, like I'm in the process of the renovation and uh, got a call today from the gentleman that's doing a lot of the work. He's like, yeah, it got broken into. I'm like, oh, for oh, Christ. So that's been fun. I, anything, any damage or anything? No damage. They just stole a bunch of uh, tools and stuff, like $1,000 worth of tools, stuff like chairs, Wow. So, but I mean, he's not coming after you for that. No, no. It's just, it's just one of those things, you know. I'm wow. just glad that there was nothing vandalized because then I would have been on the hook for that. Yeah. So, but still, there was like a a, a spray painter thing that was like 400 bucks stolen. Like, ah, oh, you motherfuckers! I mean, the house next to you, and then this other house. I mean, I know, just yeah, following you around. I know, but luckily we. We're still safe and sound. <sighs> yeah. So, anyway. Good. <laughs> so that's my day. It's just been 
Go, go, go. But but I still had time to finish up Platoon, so there's always that, which I'll get to and recently watched. Everybody with this collective groan, more Oliver Stone. Oh, and there will be more coming in the future. Not not from me on this episode, but I did purchase a few more of his films the other day. So, uh, yeah. more coming. Yeah. Oh, how was your how was your day? Oh, go ahead and share your your day. Do you have any anything fun today for you? Oh, it was a it was a weird one. I I did a I've done a series on my Facebook page a couple of times where it's like, okay, I'm going to take a picture every day because I see something weird and fucked up every single day on my job, and this was one of those days. But uh, yeah, I, I so I went and do my regular job, and my dad needed help, so I helped him out for an hour, and then. Oh, you know what? I need to go grab, like, a biscuit from McDonald's. I need a little something in my stomach. And as I pull in, you have to pull in the side street, and then you pull into the parking lot, and then you have to go all the way around the back of the McDonald's to the drive-thru. And this guy pulls in front of me. I mean, he's ahead of me. He pulls into the side street. I pull behind him. He's literally going, like, two miles an hour, which, you know, you can you can almost walk faster. It, it's like, what are you doing? And just, and it's like 1028, you know, they quit serving breakfast at 1030. So I'm like, go motherfucker, go hurry up. And and, no, he didn't speed up all the way to the drive through the whole time. Just two miles an hour. I'm there's nobody in front of him. I'm like, what are you doing? Fucking go. And nope, just went that slow all the way up to the, to the order window. And then when he got to the order window, it was this face. Uh, Oh, What do I want? Hmm. Let's see. What what do they have on the menu here? And this guy was not 90. I mean, I was just like, oh my, come on. And finally he places his order and pulls up, and then it's my turn. I roll up to the thing, and I I start talking to them like, oh, do you still have uh, this deal with the sausage biscuit and the hash brown things? And as I'm talking to the guy the new digital menu vanishes, goes black. And I go, oh, uh, whoa, the, the menu vanished. And he goes, huh, what? And I'm like, "Is I don't know, the menu went away. And he's like, okay. And then the menu comes back. And I'm like, oh, it's back. And the guy goes, so yeah, we're on lunch now. Oh. Rage. <laughs> Rage is exactly right, because it's not the big things in life that, that make me rage out, but it's the little things, like that kind of bullshit. Firstly, I'm pissed at the slowpoke prick that doesn't know what McDonald's has to eat. Yeah. And second, uh, look, motherfucker, if we're already having a conversation about yeah. my breakfast order, I deserve to get a breakfast menu. Nope. I I didn't say anything. I just... Hold off. And as I was leaving, I just glared at that son of a bitch the whole time to see what was going on. And he was just staring off into space with his mouth open. The idiot that he, I don't know what he was doing. He, he I, I never found out what he was doing. He had no purpose. Just, I'm going to drive super. And I wasn't tailgating him or nothing. He had no reason to be mad at me. Just going that super slow. Just off. one of the stupid ones. Trust me, there's, they're out there. <laughs> and then the next thing that happened in my day, I didn't tell you about. Hmm. I, uh, I had to pull back in this farm to do some of my work, and it was way back in the back of this farm, and there were goats everywhere, and as I get away from the goat herd and go to the back field or whatever of this farm, I look and I see that one of the goats has stuck its head, it has, uh, the fence is like a wire fence, but it's the kind that's squares about yay big, 
Yeah. Okay. From the ground up. It's not just wires or barbed wire or anything. It's it's the squares. A goat has stuck his head through the bottom thing far enough that, you know, the horns jut backwards. He's gone far enough forward that now he can't get out and he's trapped. So this was my, my good deed to the world today as I got out and I very gingerly was trying to help him. He was kind of freaking out because he didn't like me. And then as he realized that, no, I'm trying to help you, dude, he sort of settled down, but he kept... And bleeding, and I'm like, at one point I was like, "Damn it, Philip!" <laughs> I was so bad that that goat just looked at you and would those like to live deliciously? Yes, I know. I was waiting for it. It's exactly what he looked like. It was a white version of that. Oh, that's awesome. That's actually pretty good. I yeah, but I did manage to get yeah. his his head out of there, and I felt pretty good about it about myself yeah. for doing that. I mean, yeah, I don't know how long he was trapped there, but he had worn a pretty good hole and bare spot in the ground. Um, wow. So, and I had, oh, I, had, just... I had already talked to the, the the people that were doing the work, and they said the landowner is very old and pretty feeble and can't get around so well. That's why I was determined to get him out of there, because who knows when the guy will be back. Well, so. he may be in front of you at uh, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. I heard the landowner was old. This guy was not was not old. He was maybe he was just 50 or something. One of the stupid ones. Yep. I, I just will never understand people that... Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say this because my wife's kind of like this, but that that they they want to look at the menu at the drive-through. Like you name any fast food place, I'll tell you my order. Unless it's yeah. some place that we don't you don't normally have around here, like a rallies. I think we got yeah. one rallies in this in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> yeah, if it's one of the big five, you just know Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and maybe Chick Fil A. You just you know what you're gonna I, get. Well, not Chick Fil A. I don't think I've, I've ever eaten there, but uh, yeah, all yeah. those other ones. You just mention it. I'll tell you my order right now. Yeah, you know what I want. yeah me too. Me but, too. <laughs> no, or, or if you happen to go into one of them, I'm always behind the guy that is talking to his friend, talking to his friend, five people ahead of him. He gets up to the counter and he goes, looks up the menu and goes, huh, what do I want? And I just yeah. rage. And it's like the first time they've ever been to this this new place. Huh? What is this? McDonald's? Huh? <laughs> just rage though, dude. Like my yeah. ears just smoke come out. Like I, a lot of times if that happens to me, I'll leave. I'll be like, you You do not get my money today. I yeah. hate you. <laughs> I remember back in the day when we would go up to Worcester for our, uh, for our like, noon movies. And, like, we would go through the Wendy's drive-thru. And, I mean, it was so fast. Like, they were just lobbing food out the uh, drive-thru window at us. Like, we order off the dollar <laughs> menu. And, like, as soon as we order, it's just they're lobbing shit out uh, the drive-thru window at, at us, it seemed. Yeah, you stop at the first window and pay. And then you go to pull forward and there's an arm hanging out the window with a bag. <laughs> and you're Here, like, go, oh, get. All right. You, you, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, good times, man. Those are I, those were probably the best. Uh, now here we're talk, talking about Wendy's, but those were some great Wendy's moments there. Just cheap, cheap food, delicious cheap food after a probably a fairly average movie. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> well, and, I, and I, I won't ever forget too the uh, time when I introduced you to the dollar menu because that was oh, right when that yeah. was starting. The dollar menu that was kind of a new yep. thing, and you went and sat down with your value meal. You know, burger, fries, drink. And I came over and sat down with like five things. And you're like, holy shit, how much did you spend? And I'm like, four bucks. And you're like, I spent seven. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get this big elaborate chicken sandwich or something and a supersized fry and frosty or whatever. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. There's like the double burger and the, and I'm like, uh, it's from that point on, it was like, okay, here we go. Yep. I'm all about the dollar menus. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> other than Taco Bell, uh, I got to go Chalupa. Just have yeah. to do it. At least with Taco Bell, you can 
doesn't you can eat cheap there if you want. Like, dude, I can feed my family of five with everything that they want for about thirteen bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we wonder why we're all on the shitter in an hour later. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. But boy, it's a it's a wonderful shit. <laughs> I mean, it just cleans out every every small little crack in your body that 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 has something stuck in it. It's gone. <laughs> that, that piece of gum I accidentally swallowed in sixth grade, Taco yep, Bell. Out, out, and an out in very rapid succession too. Like poof. <laughs> oh, and on that note, right? I'm Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric. Uh, do you want to talk about some uh, movies? <laughs> I, it's. I guess let's do that. Uh, before we get into the roulette, though, I've got some update on some news here. Uh, last week on the Rabbit Trail, we talked about Alec Baldwin. Yes. Uh, yeah, that story was... He, somebody asked him about it like a day later, and he said, no, I'm not doing that movie anymore. So he was Thomas Wayne for all of a day. Oh. And he's out. And the other thing is just news from about an hour ago. Burt Reynolds has passed away at 82. Aww. One of the greats. One of the greats. Yep, man. That he has got some classics under his belt. Delivery, er, deli- deliverance is the first one that pops into my mind. Uh, it's Smoke, Smokey and the Bandit for me. Yeah, and Smokey, Smokey and the Bandit, and of course, um, Boogie Nights. I thought he was great. But that was like his last real for me, at least his last really big role. Did you see the trailer for that last movie he did? That it was an independent film where they were honoring an old actor. Mm-mm. Oh, he looked so old, and it kind of like I was like, "Oh boy, he might not be long for this world." He looked rough. How long ago was that? Was that like a little while ago, or uh, last year? Maybe earlier this year? I can't remember what it's called. It actually looked like a good movie, but uh, I was like, "Wow, that that it had the look of this might be his swan song." You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Okay, and with that, yeah. Happy news. Okay, let's go make yeah. some jokes and go to, the, <laughs> go to the... Let's go to the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Okay, and this episode, it is The Beyond from 2017 up against The Lodgers. And it is my turn to go first. Let me just get my hastily prepared notes up here. A team of robotically advanced astronauts travel through a new wormhole, but the mission returns early, sparking questions about what we what about what was discovered. Oh, that's it. About what was discovered. Directed by sorry, I'm gonna pronounce your name wrong. Hasraf Dulul. I'm not sure if Dulul. D U L U L L. Okay, sorry for the squeaky chair. I've just got a new office chair because my other one broke in half. Hmm. Not because I'm fat, because my wife came in and leaned on it while I was in it, and kabang! It just was done. (laughs) Okay, The Beyond from 2017. Now, I am gonna make a couple of comparisons in this, uh, to this movie with other movies, and I don't want you to get too carried away by what the comparisons are. I'm just comparing to certain scenes of those other movies, alright? This is... Okay. I haven't looked up the budget, but I would guess that this is kind of a low-budget affair. Like, uh, the kind of thing that just pops up on Netflix, alright? So, go into it with that kind of mindset. I think it's... I mean, this guy's only made, like, two, maybe three movies so far. Uh, it's a... It's shot and edited in a documentary sort of way. Uh, not sort of way. Literally documentary style. And okay. it's done... 
it's the editing is extremely well done to be like a documentary. I mean, I've watched some of the best documentaries that we've watched. They're edited this way. It's just, it's science fiction-y stuff that didn't really happen. You know that, so you know it's a movie, so, you know, you're taking out of it a little bit. Uh, so this wormhole pops up above Earth, and by the International Space Station, a guy gets sucked into it, and they're trying to, they're debating about sending a ship up with people to go through it and find out what's going, what, what the hell is it, what's on the other side, yada yada. And when they come back, or they can't make the trip, so they have to modify the bodies of the astronauts by basically taking their brain and their face out of the body and putting it into a cyborg everything else. So you got a bit of RoboCop going on. Okay. okay. Where they try it a couple times, doesn't go so great, fails, but then they start getting some success, and then they have these kind of robot people that can manage to survive the trip. They go take the trip, they come back, and the movie goes on and on and on and on. And, like, I thought the movie was over, and I don't mean that like it was too long. I mean, like, wow, this is crazy. This must be the end. And then it goes to the next big thing, and I was like, holy shit, this must be the end. And then it goes to the next big sci-fi thing where I'm like, by the time it was done, I was like, holy shit, this is a good movie. And I say that with keeping in mind that this is a lower-budget affair. Now, I'm not knocking the special effects. The special effects were unbelievable. But it's just, it has a certain tone or a certain feel that you can tell this thing didn't have a $100 million budget. Again, the special effects, not complaining one bit about any of them. They were magnificent. Um, what else? Yeah, there were comparisons that can be made to 2001 Space Odyssey because of going through the wormhole and back, and then things being weird. I thought this was going to have a bleak or dark ending, and again, by the time credits rolled, this was a very happy, hopeful, uplifting ending that mm. really turned me around on the whole thing. Now, I know I'm really sucking this thing's dick right now. Uh, complaints. Is that it was not that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, you heard my ringtone. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, complaints. The I would say the first half, I don't, I shouldn't say it's too long, but it's sort of like, takes it takes a minute to get going they're doing a lot okay. of the documentary stuff like interviewing people and whatnot and science chitter chatter where it takes a bit to get going but now having seen the whole thing i'm okay with the pacing because the second half was so loaded with all this sci-fi goodness and good ideas i mean all this right here is it's almost like one big badass proof of ability for this director and i got on twitter and said something about this movie, and I actually found the account for the movie and tweeted at it, and the director tweeted back at me. And I, like, talked to him for a sec, so uh, I'm giving him a shout-out. And his other movie that he made that after this one was one I had shared that trailer on the Movie Freaks Facebook page months ago. And I can't wait to watch that one. It's got, uh, oh, what's her name? The girl from Battlestar Galactica. The remake. Uh, was she the one that was in Riddick? Yes. Okay. She's in it. And it looks... I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, off the top of my head. I'll look it up while you're doing your review. But anyway, I would say definitely keep this one in the queue. Go into it with a roulette kind of mindset. And if you hang with the beginning, by the time you get to the end, I think that Eugene will be happy that he watched this movie. Okay. There you have it. Um, and I'm seeing here it's TVPG, correct? 
Uh, I mean, if you say so. Uh, it wasn't gory or anything, really. I mean, there were a couple of kind of gross parts where they're, like, putting the brains in the robot things. But, uh, it didn't matter. I mean, it it was such an interesting sci-fi journey. It made me hate that, um, Jake Sully going, whatever, whatever that guy's name is. Sam Worthington movie all the more. Oh, yuck. It, yeah. made, it made me hate that movie all the more, because you could tell that movie had a big budget, and it was just like, there were better ideas in this movie, especially yeah. the uplifting, hopeful ending. I, I loved that third act. It was, at that point, I didn't care that it ha- it didn't look like it cost $100 million, because I was yeah. like, you your ideas are cool enough that I'm in. And I think that you would probably come away the same way. Yeah, I actually just added it to the list. Cool. That's, that's definitely one that, uh, from, at least from your review, I, I'm actually curious what the budget would be on that thing. I'll look it up, and I'll look up uh, whatever that girl's name is. Uh, whatever, the name of his next movie. I'll look that up, too, while you tell us okay. about The Lodgers. Uh, the Lodgers. Uh, this is a movie directed by... This, this guy's done, I believe, one other movie, Brian O'Malley. Um, and he did, uh, he's done a couple things, but the other, the other movie that I, well, a couple shorts, and then he also did Let Us Pray, which was, uh, on the roulette. I think that you liked it. I think yeah. you watched it and you liked it a little bit better than I did, but it was still pretty good. This is with, uh, uh Liam Cunningham was in that one. Yeah. And it was like, I kind of remember that we were in the ballpark of each other's yeah. reviews. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so here, this is a completely different type of movie from Let Us Pray. This is very much channeling. Oh, um, I guess a, a bit of old school hammer with, uh, with a ghost story type plot, your standard issue ghost story t- type plot, but heavy on the atmosphere and, um, imagery, I guess you could say. Uh, and some, something about 1920s in Ireland, this, uh, brother and sister are living in this old dilapidated house and, um, there's this presence in the house, uh, and there's rules, but how do I say this? I don't want to spoil the movie because this is one you should probably give it a watch, uh, during the, your October horror fest. Okay. Um, but it's, cause I did enjoy this. Um, but it's this very, very, very slow paced, slow burn ghost story. Um, there's ghosts in the house and the townspeople don't like these, this, this, uh, brother, sister, um, there was this, uh, the plot is all, honestly, like, I don't remember a whole lot from the plot. I just remember it looked beautiful. The house was cool. Some of the special effects were qu- quite well done. Kind of your standard issue ghost story type movie, but done beautifully. Like, looked really, really, really good. This is not top tier roulette, but it's, it's one that if you're looking to fill those cracks in October, this one would fit the bill. It's fairly harmless. It's, I think it's, it, I, I guess it would be R, but it's, I mean, it sets your expectations pretty low. It's not going to be this rip-roaring, awesome, scare-fest horror movie, whatever. It's a, just slow-paced, has a couple of good scares, good imagery, good acting, roll credits after 90 minutes. The end. Okay. I'll probably watch that next month. Yep. Yeah, it was good. I mean, for what it was. But again, I I like that type of movie. So, take that with a grain of salt. It's not the greatest thing ever, but after my Corbin Nash bullshit that I just watched, <laughs> this is like aces, home run. 
Okay, so I got some more facts here. Uh, the Beyond is he made four short films before he made The Beyond. This is his first feature length film. It looks like, according to IMDb, and the next one he made is 2036: Origin Unknown with Katie Sackoff. Is that how you pronounce her name? Katie Sackoff. Yeah. Okay. It looks, and that trailer looks really good. But it, it's kind of um, anyway. Uh, the Beyond, a couple other movies that um, it remind I thought of while watching it: Interstellar. And yeah. uh, the one with Jodie Foster, Contact, because uh, they go through the wormhole and then it comes back earlier than they expected. I don't think it was very long. I don't know if it was hours or days, but it came back in fairly short order. And then they said that they have two years of memories when they plugged them into the computer. You know what I mean? So they got that time gap, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. that I actually might watch that one uh, tomorrow if I have a chance. Yeah. If I have a chance. We'll see. Hour 45. I thought, yeah, I feel like the... My memory's coming back. The front end could have been a little trimmer, but uh, that's just a parent with no time complaint. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I give that movie a thumbs up. Definitely. Good. And I will uh, definitely be watching everything this guy does. This is his first movie, full feature length. Holy shit. That's awesome. This, uh, I'm glad that we actually had a rule that were both were thumbs up. Mine was marginal, but it was two thumbs ups. Now, let's see what next round holds. Hey! Uh, just rolling the dice. Okay, coming your way. Emily? E-M-E-L-I-E. A suburban couple hires a new sitter to watch their three kids for the night, unaware that the young woman isn't who she claims to be. Bum, bum, bum. Prodigy. A maverick psychologist must uncover the secrets of a gifted but dangerous young girl who has been placed on lockdown for her supernatural abilities. And lastly, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. I have been ah, praising this movie for a long time. I have this on VHS. I've owned it since the VHS days, and I pull it out every now and then, and I dig this movie. It's not like a hard R gory gore fest or anything, but it is totally due for a Shout Factory re-release on Blu-ray or something like that. Uh, three women make an emergency landing on a planet plagued with a fatal disease, but are captured by dictator Overdog. Adventurer Wolf goes there to rescue them and meets Nikki, the only Earthling left from a medical expedition. Combining their talents, they try to rescue the women. Starring Peter Strauss, Molly Ringwald, Ernie Hudson, Michael Ironside. This movie is just a gold for me. I love it. Um... And that, I, TJ told me that's on Amazon Prime. I don't have Amazon Prime. I've been, I was looking around trying to f confirm that, but I could not. So, uh, if you decide to go with that one, take it with a grain. If, and if it's not on there, I can throw you something else that is. Uh, I can confirm it is on there. I checked and, uh, I actually hit play on it real quick just to see it. Is this VHS quality? And it actually is, uh, HD remastered. So, there we go. Okay. That's good. That is one that I will own on Blu ray eventually. Yeah. And it's, I, um, it, it, maybe it's just a childhood thing. I don't know. There's a lot of sexual overtones in it and a lot of weird sci-fi future, almost like Corman, but with a big budget or a bigger, big budget for a Corman movie. <laughs> yeah. And always Michael Ironside. I love him. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, okay. So heading your way. First up is, uh, Bomb City, a crime drama. By the way, this is on Voodoo. Uh, it's is one of the freebies on Voodoo, a crime drama about the culture, cultural aversion of a group of punk rockers in a conservative Texas town. Their ongoing battle with a rival more affluent click, uh, click leads to a 
controversial hate crime that questions the morality of American justice. And uh, this is from 2017. And I'm not sure if this is um, a true story or not. Um, but this is one that I actually, back in the day, I almost got this in at the theater. Mm. But uh, the cover, the punk-looking dude with a mohawk, I'm like, eh, probably not a good fit. But anyway, the, the movie itself looks good. The trailer looks really good, too. Uh, next up, now we're back to Netflix. Uh, first up is Delirium. This is a Topher Grace joint. A man with a history of mental Ill issues moves into his late parents' mansion and comes to suspect his new home may be haunted. 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 <laughs> um... And last but not least, probably least, uh, The After Party. Uh, and this is a new Netflix comedy, I guess. He wants to rule the hip-hop game, but goes viral for all the wrong reasons. Can this young MC make his second chance count? Uh, yeah, it's 90 minutes, and um, ah, it actually might be okay. I, there you go. Hmm. Um, I think I will brave the commercials and go with Bomb City. Cool. I would guess that that would be your safe pick, judging by the reviews and the trailer. I watched the trailer. It looked, uh, eh, I mean, okay. Probably something I wouldn't leap on pushing play on unless forced by the roulette, so why not? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and for me, just because you actually threw a an Amazon Prime movie up there, I'm going to jump on the Amazon Prime just to just to give them a little business instead of Netflix this, for this week. So, uh, I we can't I can't wait to hear what you think of that movie. You've never seen it. No, I have never seen that movie. I remember when that movie came out in the theaters. Uh that was one that I wasn't allowed to see. That one and there was like Ice Pirates or something Pirates. Remember that? Ice or Pirates. Pi- yeah, I I have Ice Pirates. It's a comedy. Okay, cuz that was another one I'm like, "Please." And my parents, "Nope." I, if you, I, you didn't mess a whole lot on that, as far as I recall. I, it's kind of interesting just because of how weird it is. But okay. I I kind of put Ice Pirates and... Oh, what's that freaking movie with Peter Weller? Um, oh, Peter... Or, <laughs> Buck it's Robanzai. something in the ninth dimension. Buck or Robanzai. They're, yeah. they're, those, for some reason, those are kind of in the same realm for me. Which, ugh, Buckaroo yeah. Banzai was meh to me. It's a, I, I agree, but it's an interesting experiment, you know? Oh, it's like, an experiment, yeah. It's different, especially for something 80s. That was out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to find the budget of this movie. And nothing. I can't find nothing. Oh, well. Okay, you ready to move on to uh, uh next section? That'll do it for the roulette. Next time it will be the Beyond. Oh, the Beyond. Great. Brilliant. Uh, Bomb City up against uh, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> uh, okay. And for our second segment tonight, we are doing... Do we have a name for this segment? I thought we had thought of something cool, and now I can't yeah, remember. Um, favorite random things in movies segment? That sounds uh, kind of wordy. Yeah. I wrote down random cues. But that's kind of stupid sounding now that I say it out loud. It looked good on paper, but... Uh, Random shit? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that's our show, actually. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so it was my turn to come up with some random questions to ask you. And I guess I get to kick it off. Great. Um, the first question is, a scene in the rain. And I kept these some of these questions intentionally kind of vague just to see if we would interpret them differently or whatnot. Uh, so for we're seen in the rain, 
The first thing that popped into my head was Road to Perdition. That crazy, awesome gunfight. Oh, in the okay. Brain. I didn't Just think about that one. How well lit it was. Then the second thing that jumped in my mind was Jurassic Park, because we just talked about it in the T-Rex attack. And then it went Romancing the Stone, Seven Samurai, and Blade Runner. And those are probably my top one, two, three, four, five scenes in the rain. That Romancing the Scene, or uh, Romancing the Scene. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired, folks. I'm working double, double duty this week and, well, oh, for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Romancing the Stone, that scene where they're walking in the rain and then they have the mudslide. He ends up face oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. And then they, they take shelter from the rain in a, a plane that had crashed, and it was uh, smuggling bricks of weed, and so they make a campfire out of the bricks of weed and get super, super frickin' high. Uh, just That is one of the movies from my childhood that I watched a million times, and I still love. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Uh, it holds up. It's great. That's kind of a, like an Indiana Jones-type clone from back in the day, right? I mean, kinda, yeah, but it's a Robert Zemeckis movie, and it's set later, and it doesn't feel like they're really trying to rip it off, uh, you know, because he's not like a super intelligent whatever, he's just some random dude. Anyway, uh, what about you? Scenes in the Rain. Okay, um, for me, the f- <laughs> this is crazy. Like, the first thing that I thought of uh, was Shawshank Redemption. That was the first thing I thought of was... Uh, um, what's his name? Andy Dufresne. Yeah, Cougar, or not Cougar, Merlin, uh, with his arms outstretched in the rain and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, then Jurassic Park, of course, the T-Rex is because we talked about that. And then for some reason, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking of the kind of awkward scene uh, in Spider-Man parts. I I'm not sure which part. It, it was the, one of the uh, uh, Sam Raimi ones where where Spider-Man comes hanging, like, down on his web, and Kirsten Dunst kind of pulls the mask halfway over his face, and then she gives him an upside-down kiss, and at the time, I'm like, ooh, that's kind of sexy, and now it's, ew. <laughs> that is part one, I believe. Okay. <laughs> so, I, for some reason, that, I'm like, why am I thinking about that? <laughs> because but anyway, because she was soaking wet, and... Ah, she, there we go. Yeah. That's, yep. Anyway, there's that scene in the rain. But my favorite would be Shawshank Redemption. That I love that scene in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I did think about that, but uh, yeah, I, but the, yeah, also the battle in Seven Samurai. That, yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Next question. Scene in a movie that makes you go, uh, "Gross! I need a shower." And the first thing that this is just the first thing that popped in my head, and I don't know why because I've never even seen the whole movie. I watched parts of it with you because I hated it so much I was walking in and out of the room while you and the rest of the guys watched it. Ooh, uh, good one. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. Uh, Gummo. Yes! Uh, the scene where they're pimping out the mentally handicapped girl or whatever. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, that... <sighs> I don't give out zeros or tens much... Ladies and gents, that movie gets a zero from me. Oh, and I'm like, please, someone release that to Blu-ray. 4K, preferably. <laughs> I know a lot of people, that movie has its fans, and that's oh, fine. Oh, I love that movie. Love? Oh, this, the, oh, the, the one scene with the, were, were you still with it when there, there was this kid in the bathtub, and it's, uh, like, and it's like in a dirty bathroom, and his gross mom comes in with a big plate of spaghetti, 
and she sets it on this TV tray in the bathtub and he's eating spaghetti. And, oh, it's so gross and awesome. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Zine, Ohio, gummo. Oh, no. No. Not, maybe that was the other thing that pissed me off. It's like, that's not Ohio. Maybe it's southern Ohio that is technically northern West Virginia, but not mm. up here. Ah, uh, maybe. Um, well, what's yours? Okay, um, so, uh, first up would be the Greasy Strangler, uh, because it is awesome. Uh, here's, this question, by the way, is, this is, like, I love this stuff. So when, when, you, <laughs> when you had that question, I'm like, oh, gross, I need a shower. I'm like, well, that's most of the movies that I watch, but okay. Um, so I tried to really think outside of the box. So here, the, the one that, like, Greasy Strangler is a good example of, ugh, gross, but in a great way. Um, and then a little bit down from that would be Bloodsucking Freaks. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how well that holds up now, but it's just nothing but torture for 90 minutes. But torture run through the trauma shitter ringer. So eh, I, I don't remember much of it other than uh, shaving a girl's head and drilling a hole in her head and then sucking brains out through a straw, which... That always stuck with me. I don't know why. It's like, <laughs> me too. Like to see me too. Re- as, as I got up and left the room and went home because I was yes, like, you I'm did. Done. You literally went home. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd like to see that redone with like better effects. <laughs> uh, but what really, like, I try to think of one that truly like was offensive. And the only thing that I can think of would be, um, uh, the Traces of Death series, which, and the, and the, uh, um, oh, there's another one of uh, Traces of Death and then, uh, something of gore. I don't. Whatever. The one oh, has uh, wizards of gore. No, 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 no. This is like real, real, um, real death scene stuff. Ugh. So traces of death has like these awful scenes of suicides and war crimes and car accidents and all that set to death metal music, because nothing says you know you shouldn't be watching this uh, with like just the most horrendous death metal music playing. So it's just wrong on every level. But then there's this other one. Was it Faces of Gore? Or I don't know. I've watched both. There's parts one and two and I watched them both. Um, <laughs> but they, they have this. I can, I can like, just hear your mother. Eugene, what are you watching? Turn that smut off. I made you spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the bathtub shoveling down spaghetti, watching Traces of Gore, Faces of whatever. Uh, but the other one is, um, there's this like, quote unquote, goofy narrator, and like he he talks like this, but he's making fun of people being murdered, like on camera, like, and it's it's the most repulsive, awful shit you have ever seen, and I I think I still have those on DVDR somewhere in the house. <laughs> um, uh. I would say that the uh, <laughs> the um, damn it, what was the second one you named? That I Traces left of during... gore? Oh, that no, is what, yep. No, no. Faces no, no. of... The one that I left during. Oh, 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 uh... Bloodsucking Freaks. Yeah. I would say that one, definitely, yeah, I need a shower. I didn't feel that way after Greasy Strangler, because, yeah, that movie's gross and slimy and whatnot, but it's so... It's played so much for fun and laughs yeah. that I... It was okay, but when it's real, like that gummo shit, was just like, man, the fuck is wrong with some people? Just, wow. Man, I gotta watch that again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one. Now, this was, I thought, one of my better questions that I came up with, and I have a feeling inside me that I could find, I I want to find a better movie, but I couldn't come up with a good answer. Like, I have a, 
I remember watching some movies and having this feeling and like, yeah, and now I can't remember whatever the hell the movie was, but the most satisfying comeuppance when a, when a bad guy or a villain or somebody that you want gone gets it the best, like you've, you're so, just that feeling of release when they're dead. Um, so the only thing I could come up with is Conan when, at the end, when he finally lops off that fucker's head. Oh yeah. my god, like that was a... Yes! You because you actually started to question if he had powers by the end. And when it was like, nah, just call it later. Here's his head. Soccer punt it down the stairs. Have a oh, good day. Oh, oh I felt so good. But I that know, was a good one. I know I can probably... Yeah, give me a month and I can probably remember some more uh, that would affect me more. But that one... Yeah. Oh, uh, you can't. Just Conan. The movie's got everything. For me, um, I uh, for some reason, Tarantino popped into my head uh, with this question, and I liked the Zed Maynard and the Gimp scene from Pulp Fiction. I hated those inbred redneck hillbillies so fucking bad, and then when when uh, Butch and um, I forget the, I forget what, uh, Marcellus Wallace, when they get their when they get revenge on those guys. I loved that shit. That, the loved second, I'm like, I'll be completely honest. This, I've been very honest about, on this show, about Pulp Fiction being my least favorite Tarantino. The second that you said Quentin Tarantino, the first image that popped in my head was Marcellus Wallace standing there with that sword and telling him... Step to, aside, or yeah, with a shotgun, step aside, butch. <laughs> or he says, he says, go on, get out of here before I change yeah. my mind. I'm like, what is, oh, what is the line? That's a, That's the famous line from that movie, isn't it? Well, they step aside, Butch, and then, you know... Then I'm they, gonna get they, medieval on these ass. On these... Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was it. Wow. Yep. Shoots him in the dick. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch that again. Yeah. Oh, uh, runner-up would be Stuntman Mike from another Tarantino movie from uh, Death Proof. I... Well, I really liked Stuntman Mike in the movie. He was a... He's a good bad guy. I just... How they whip his ass in the end. And then the movie, like... It freeze frames with the girls jumping up in the air after they just annihilate this dude. I loved that. That was perfect comeuppance. I loved it. Yep, you're right. So, there you go. Uh, those are my two, but uh, for, for me, uh, and I, I'm with you, like, I know that there's tons of other ones that I'm just not thinking of right now, but uh, I hated those hillbillies in uh, Pulp Fiction. And I watched Pulp Fiction not that terribly long ago again, so that was kind of sort of... I mean, Tarantino's really good at the revenge thing, Kill Bill. That's, mm -hmm. uh, oh man, that's some good shit in there. Yeah, especially when, he, when she plucked in Kill Bill when she plucks out uh, the eyeball. Was, yeah, because I hated her in that movie. She was a. Ugh. Yep. Okay. Next up, the some of the best Savage Burn dialogue. And I had fun with this one. <laughs> uh, I got four. Uh, and some of these are just kind of good comebacks. So I don't know where the line is on that, but. <laughs> um, I guess I'll do the line and you tell me the movie you'll know all okay. these I think uh, giant mm, crazy monster thing goes yeah McCready yeah fuck you too <laughs> mm. <laughs> the thing mm -hmm. hey Vasquez you ever been mistaken for a man <laughs> <laughs> no have you <laughs> I was like, please, one of us have something from Aliens, because that is one of the most quotable movies of all time. That's such a great burn, though. <laughs> um, okay. These guys break into his house, and they're holding up a bowling ball, and they say, what's this? And he says, 
Obviously, you are not a golfer. Mm. <laughs> Big Lebowski. And go back to your home on Whore Island. <laughs> oh, what is that from? That sounds familiar. You're a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> um, Will Ferrell? Uh, Ron Burgundy. Oh, Ron, okay. All right. Did you like that movie? The Yeah, the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet, but uh, I enjoy the first one. You don't like it? Yeah. Oh, the first one's great. The second one is oh. meh. Okay. Yeah, I like the first one. I'm 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 very picky with Will Ferrell, but that one for some reason it just tickled me. Yeah. Okay, that's all I had. Okay, so for me for me I uh now I have a, a couple back and forth to lead up to the big punchline. Go for it, dude. Act it out. I want a performance. The, the, the first one would be Oh, well. Um well the, the first one was I see now if you could see me or if I could I would have like the the my mouth not matching up with the words because this is an Italian movie. But uh, actually the Skype is skipping so that's working. Yeah, the Skype it. is just fucking awful today. Um <laughs> why'd you kill her you bastard? Get off my case motherfucker. That's a great bit of dialogue right there from Cannibal Ferox. <laughs> Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, "Oh, thank I just I love that that one part where the guy's just like, why'd you have to kill that person? Back off, motherfucker. Like, yes, that's that's what I would say. If I would be in this guy's shoes, I'd probably say that too. Um, next up is, what's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I am asking the fucking questions here, Private. Do you understand? <laughs> I knew. Wonder- <laughs> I knew you were going to get something from this movie. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? That's, I think, my favorite part of that is when he said, well, thank you very much. Can I... I actually say that to the 13-year-old from time to time. <laughs> oh, that's like out of, out of the, all of that movie, Like, I think that, that interaction there is probably about my favorite because it's so funny, especially when he says, what's your excuse? And uh, anyway, uh, it's great. And then um, simple but so effective is Garbage Day from <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which is gar- it's Garbage Day, and then he wastes some dude taking out the garbage. So... He doesn't get much better than that. And, oh, then there's the, um, listen up, you primitive screwheads. This is my boomstick. And that could go for pretty much anything in uh, Army of Darkness. I, um, you know, good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. There, That movie is insanely quotable from Bruce Campbell. Yep, I agree. So, but uh, those are, like, all out of all of those... <laughs> It, like, when I read that question, the first thing that popped in the, into my head was, get off my case, motherfucker. And then from and then it just kind of trickled down, like, well, of course I have to have something from Full Metal Jacket. And then, of course, Garbage Day. Yeah, always. So, anyway, there you go. Awesome. Okay. Um, scariest inanimate object. And the first thing that popped into my head, this may sound weird, but it's something that always freaked me out when I was a younger kid, and it still kind of gives me the shivers today. Uh, the bad guy's knife from Cobra. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. It had the handle that covered the fingers, and it had spikes that came off of it. And back in the 80s, that was really creepy, and he was a psychopath, and, oh, boy, that just... He always kind of seems to be emerging from the darkness in that movie, from the shadows, and then he puts up this knife, and it was just how he always wields it so slowly before he would, you know, kill people. And it was just like, the dude is a psych. He's always sweaty. And he's like, I'm a- he just was a psycho. You could see he enjoyed it. Like, that was his fun. Like, the Joker or some shit. But not funny. Anyway, that was the first one that popped in my head. 
Oh, anymore, or is that it? Uh, no, I'm sure that I could come up with more if I had more time, but okay. I just, we're, we're getting on in time, so. Okay. Um, for me, uh, two uh, were pretty pretty prominent. Uh, first one is The Wheelchair in The Changeling, and I'll be reviewing that movie here soon. That's the George C. Scott movie from 1979. I, that's all I'll say about that. And the second one is the uh, Pazuzu Amulet from The Exorcist, which is... Uh, just terrifying because, and that's not just because of the actual object itself, but because of the, the music that is swelling when, uh, Father Marin finds it in the beginning when he's in Iraq and he's, he dusts off that little amulet thing or that little statue. Um, it just signifies evil, uh, evil incarnate. And that's like, that's probably my, my scariest object from a movie. I thought about like the, uh, uh, the puzzle box from, from Hellraiser series, but I'm like, that's not scary. That's cool. That's something that I would love to display in my house. But that fucking old school wheelchair and changeling and the Pazuzu amulet, like, I don't want Satan, like, I don't want him leaning over my shoulder saying, oh, what are you doing today? <laughs> so I would never, ever want the Pazuzu amulet in my house. Like, I'm cool with the Cenobites coming on in or coming yeah, over the Cenobites for dinner. the Cenobites are welcome in my house. Sure. They're cool because black leather and everything. But the Pazuzu amulet and the wheelchair with the... Dead? No, I'm good. Pull up a bathtub of Flint, Michigan water, and we're going to have some spaghetti, guys. <laughs> Flint, Michigan, because the water is just... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> but not Satan. He's uninvited. Yeah, he is uninvited. I was trying to think of some uh, amulet-type things, like weird, you know, horror movie, you know, inverted crosses, or, you know, what? I, but it's like the, the items themselves weren't really scary. To me, it was what they always brought that was scary. Yeah. And I would not have one of those fake Hellraiser boxes in my house. Oh, I would love to have one of I, those. I, oh, you can buy them, dude. People have them. And I'm like, yeah, mm. you know what? Just on the off chance I accidentally buy the real one, I'm good. I know. I, I could just see Hudson, my my son Hudson yeah. getting into it. And somehow, all of a sudden, I, I've got five pinheads. Or five pinheads. i got five Cenobites in my house. And well, then we all sit around and play Sorry or Life or... <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather play with death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one, I didn't give any description whatsoever. I just said match cut. And I assumed you know what a match cut is. Yes. And I will be shocked if we don't have the same one. I'm sure we do. But for me, it is Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, I'm so happy you forgot about this one. This is where Monica Bellucci's crazy, beautiful, naked body is morphed into the rolling, beautiful hills of France. <laughs> and I remember the first time we watched that movie, we burst out laughing at how, one, how perfect that match cut is, and two, that they did that that way. <laughs> wow, um, I would have never remembered that, but good one. <laughs> I, so I'm, I, that's all I have, but I'm guessing, if it wasn't that one, I'm guessing you're going 2001. Yeah, 2001 with the, the bone to nuclear, uh, warship or nuclear bomb, whatever, floating in space. That would be mine. Um, and second, actually, uh, and I actually thought about this. I didn't have to do much research. I just, I'm like, okay, well, 2001 is mine. I'm like, but there's an other scene in Friday the 13th part six. And there's this, there's this, there's this, uh, guy that, uh, notices that, um, Jason's grave has been uncovered, whatever, and, uh, and, I'm not going to break down Friday the 13th part six, but regardless, he says, what do they think I am? A poo poo head. And then immediately it cuts to a whole bunch of kids at the camp going, yes, <laughs> it was, it was perfect. And then, you know, it, 
they say yes because their camp counselors are, are we going to have fun today? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's uh, But it's uh, Poo Poo Head. <sighs> I don't think I've ever seen that one. What? Part six? You've seen Jason Lives. Oh, I thought you said Nightmare on Elm Street. Or, you did say Friday the 13th, but I, I just, my brain popped to Nightmare. Yeah. I haven't was... seen all the Nightmares. I've I've seen all the, yeah, Friday the, Well, I own them now. Wee. Yes, you do. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably be re-watching this one. I don't know. I've got so many to go through in October. It's going to be crazy. Okay, and lastly, most unlikely survival. And for me, the way that I interpreted this, or the way I was thinking in my head, was uh, like a scene in a movie where it's just completely nonsense that the people survived the thing, or a person survived the thing. Or I've often talked about on the show, because I'm a martial arts movie fan, Jackie Chan gets kicked in the head ten times in a fight. And I'm like, it's not realistic, because I don't care who you are, if you get kicked that many directly times in the head, you're going to be so concussed, you're going to be either unconscious or unable to stand or whatever. Uh, but you can put that aside to silliness. Um, so for me, the first one that popped in my head is the... <laughs> the uh, What do you call it? Uh, the blow-up boat parachute escape from Temple of Doom. <laughs> That's a good one. They jump out the plane with that thing and they just kind of slap on the side of a mountain like yep. they just jumped off a little bit of scaffolding. Yeah. And then uh, whee! Down the hill. Which is fine. Down. Which is, you know, I can even maybe get on board with that because the plane might have been flying low and maybe, you know, if you landed on the seats of the thing, maybe it would cushion you a little bit. You know, if you land, if you're on the bottom of the boat, you're dead. Um, mm-hmm. But then they go off this cliff that is like mm, conservatively half a mile tall, right? Up in the sky. <laughs> And smack down on the water, like, oh boy, what a ride. And no holes in that boat. Um, so, you know, you take it as it is, it's just an adventure fun film, but there is still, if I have to leap to anything where I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> Having uh, said that, though, that seems way more realistic than pretty much anything in Crystal Skull. Like, at least that was cool, and like, it worked, but whereas um, swinging with the vi- on the vines with the monkeys and bullshit like that, and well, no. All that stuff just defied physics. Like, it just, yeah. huh? Things don't work that way. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, so, for me, uh, I took that as a little bit of, um, I was like, ah, shit, why didn't, like, I wish they wouldn't have survived, or at least I, one of them was, I wish they wouldn't have survived, then the other one would be like, I was surprised that they survived. First one would be Mother Superior from Silent Night, Deadly Night, because I really wanted that bitch to get her head lobbed off, which, watch part two and you'll see what happens. Uh, but in the first one, I'm like, ah, damn it. But it was a great cliffhanger ending, and I, I loved that. And also Dr. Herbert West from Reanimator, the first Reanimator. Um, I just, when the intestines wrapped around his throat or whatever and drug him off, I'm like, well, he's dead, but nope, he survived. Thank God, because... Herbert West is awesome, and so is Bride of Reanimator, uh, the sequel. And then uh, any single person that survives any cannibal movie at all from Italy in the early or the late 70s and early 80s, I'm like, what? No one should survive that because I want to see more gut munching. There you go. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Hmm. Trying to think if that would apply to zombie movies as well. I'm trying to put that uh, perspective on a zo- on the zombie genre. Um, because it's so, that, that infectious nature of, of what zombies are is so catastrophic. I mean, uh, 28 days later, they were isolated on an island. 
Day of the Dead, or Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, no one lives through Dawn of the Dead. I mean, yeah. once they get to that island, they are all hosed. It's assumed, yeah. Yeah. And I have uh, the, the Day of the Dead. Yeah, they escape on the helicopter. Yeah, but to where? An island, I believe. Well, it worked out great in the Dawn remake, so... <laughs> yeah. Good luck. That would be my plan, though, eventually. First, I'm going to get to a uh, department store like Lowe's and fortify that like crazy, and then until I can make my escape to an island. Yep. There you go. Uh, Eric's Guide to Zombie Survival that has not worked out in any fictional film yet, so... <laughs> yeah. Or the, or the current uh, administration. That's always a thing, too, to keep in mind that... This is a great way to survive that. Can we escape that way by going to a Lowe's? Hmm. I, I think the best way to escape this administration is to go to a library. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to recently watched. Okay, recently watched. <laughs> um, Avengers Infinity War. Let's start there. I rewatched this movie with because my wife wanted to watch it, so we rented it. And as always with these things, uh, um, especially when it comes to Marvel, uh, I enjoyed it more the second time around, a fair bit more. I still have my issues with the ending. Did you get around to watching it? I wasn't able to. Okay, I, I wish, but I'll, I'm going to watch it eventually. It's fine. I just don't want to spoil it. Go spoilers. Yeah. Uh, I still have issues with the ending, and I know it's supposed to be a cliffhanger, part one and part two, and that's fine. But uh, there are a couple things that happen in the ending that I'm still like, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see how this all shakes out in part two. But uh, for people that, again, there were at the time there were people that were like just weeping at the ending and crying and can't believe they did this and this. And I was, I no, I have no emotion whatsoever uh, like that. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed it more the second time around. It's so cram-packed full. I, I hope there's a director's cut that eventually comes out that's longer. And this is a long movie. But it's so much action and so many cool interweaved stories that never bored. And that's we I I know that you're not as big a comic book guy as me, but I think that you will probably agree with that when you get around to watching it. It's just it's just full to the brim. Um, okay. So yeah. Anyway, oh, and I just saw that Black Panther is now on Netflix, so I will probably be giving that one another watch here soon. No, yeah, it was a good movie. Not. It wasn't top, top, top tier stuff for me, but it was good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again and and for the action scenes and for Killmonger. His, Eric B. Jordan in that movie. Yes, he was, great. was awesome. So Yep, agreed. On uh, the other end of the spectrum, let's go with Citizen Kane. I'll, what? I'll, I'll, I'm going to pair up uh, new things and VHS so people don't get too bored. Yeah, I came across this one on VHS, and I thought, ah, what the hell, I haven't watched it in years. And I've been finding a lot of uh, <laughs> 10-cent VHS again this week. Uh, one of my favorite honey holes I stopped at the other day has just a small back corner. They're not even a movie store, but they just have this small back corner where they have some tapes and whatnot. And they must have just got overloaded, uh, had a bunch come in, because they went from 50 cents a piece to 10 for a dollar. So at 10 for a dollar, I... Fuck it. Just take take shit. Um, I got 33 movies the other day, and I've got uh, another seven, I think, today from a different place. So I've got about 40 movies added to the collection this week. Uh, anyway, so I watched Citizen Kane again. This will be the second or third time I've watched it. I think third. And it is still a 
good movie. More so on the technical side than anything, I guess, but you got to keep in mind its age and, you know, how, what movies and cinema were like at the time when it came out and how groundbreaking that was, and i got to give appreciation to that. It's an interesting story. I feel like it doesn't have to do as many back-and-forth time jumps as it does. I feel like it would be more effective if it would be a little bit more linear because it leaps back and forth between him being a young man, him being an older man, people being interviewed as old people, uh, talking about him, and then jumping back to when they're younger again, and it's it's almost, uh, time-wise, can get confusing it, uh, a bit. But overall, it's still... I understand why it gets the praise that it does, even though I'm not giving it that kind of monumental greatest movie of all time now. Uh, good. Uh, but it's one that I will pull out every 10 years or so. Just give another uh, rewatch to. Cool. Over okay. to you. Okay. <clears throat> First up for me is one that I had uh, hinted at, I think a couple weeks ago now. Uh, Umberto Lenzi's Eyeball recently got released in uh, in the UK. And I, of course, had to import that bad boy. And i um, happy I did. It's a really uh, sleazy, cool giallo from 1975. Um, it's pretty standard issue as far as a bunch of, uh, red herrings and then you find out the whatever twist. But what makes this Blu-ray package so good is the feature-length documentary on here called All Eyes on Lindsay. And that's actually what I want to talk about just briefly is, uh, Umberto Lindsay. He passed away a little over a year ago. No, not quite a year ago, actually. And, um, the guy has... 65 movies under his belt, and I've watched a fair amount of them. Some of them are pretty awful, and then some of them are absolutely fantastic. But this documentary is so good. Just to hear the crazy shit they used to do to get movies made back in the day, especially in Italy. Uh, this guy has made movies ranging from cannibal movies, zombie movies, uh, Polizia, Giallos, comedies, West spaghetti westerns. He is kind of done done it all and I, I I love Umberto Lenzi but this guy um he did not give a shit I mean he just went for it and I can just tell you even in some of the interviews of him like very recently in very old age he still like has this you could just tell he had this fire in him that he just he thought pretty well of himself and just like he got shit done and I loved to hear the stories of how they would do so especially some of the Polizia stuff where they would just hop in an ambulance with a camera and just start blazing through Italy, like blazing through Rome and police, like legit police are chasing them. They're doing this illegally. And it's, I, I love to hear stuff like that to where it's like just bonkers filmmaking to where they don't, it's like, we're just going to do this. We're just going to film. We're not going to get any permits. We're just going to do this and we're going to crash cars and hell with it. Whatever works, works. And it, that's, I think, what makes those some of those movies so special is that you're like, when you're watching, you're like, how the hell did they pull that off? Well, they were really doing that stuff. And that just, I don't know, I, that's so cool. Like this, the danger factor of some of these older movies. But I've always been fascinated by um, Umberto Lenzi. Um, he kind of was, he got kind of in the shadow of uh, Rogero Diodato with the cannibal movies. With it was Cannibal Holocaust and then Cannibal Ferox, and I've always been a fan, a, probably a bigger fan of Ferox than Holocaust, just because it's a little bit more trashy. Uh, but this guy has done. I, I just I have more of a, an appreciation for him now. Uh, watching that documentary, it is 
worth the price of the Blu-ray alone just to watch that documentary and to hear those crazy stories uh, back in the day. I loved it. Uh, so anyway, that's Eyeball. Cool. Um, and then I was I was sort of hoping that you would say. So I got this movie, and huh, it's literally just two hours of his eyeball. Just which would be okay. I would probably still watch that. <laughs> oh, he he. I, I like he makes no bones about it. Like if he doesn't like someone. He just says it like it is, like, oh, they weren't a good actor, or, ah, oh, you know, a complete prima donna on set. I'm like, wow, okay. Is he Italy's Corman? I would say damn close, yeah. He would remind me of that with the way he would film things and just, uh, and even like much like Fulci, like the bigger budgets he got, the obviously the higher quality his movies would be because he has some pretty high quality movies and then... You know, some of them are a little bit lower budget, but he just found ways to make them really enjoyable. I'm not sure if there's any Umberto Lenzi movie that I've watched that I flat out hated. There's always something enjoyable in them. If they're a bigger budget, then I appreciate the bigger budgetness of it. Of it. They're bigger budgetness. Good God. <laughs> um, and, and if they're on the cheap end, I can appreciate the more sleaziness of it. But especially even, not to go on a tangent here, but the, those cannibal movies... Back in the day, I don't know how they got those made because it looks legit dangerous where they're shooting because they are in the Amazon and everything just seems real. Other than the special effects that look fairly fake. Uh, But it just, it's like, I would not want to be where you were making that movie because it looks like ants would have crawled up your pee-pee or something and (laughs) given you malaria or something. I don't know. It just looks dangerous. Wow, there were so many things wrong in that statement, but uh, yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) Maybe this is the year, dude. Maybe, you know, I need to just suck it up and sit down and watch Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox, or Pharaoh, or however you pronounce yeah, it. Ferox. Throw it on the stack, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. You'll make me happy. Oh, well, those are, and those are know, both Grindhouse releases. They're great transfers. They're, you know, everybody in cinema world on the internet still loves talking about those movies, so it's not just you. I need to just suck it up and watch. I watched most of the one until the abortion thing. That was that was Holocaust, and I mean Holocaust is kind of the granddaddy of the found footage movie. That is, yeah, that's why I one. need to check it off the list. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anyway, so should, should I review one more yeah, real yeah. quick? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, another one that I had wanted to get to last week, but we ran out of time, is Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich. Um, I am happy to report that this is a super fun movie. Uh, this is not the same crew that made all the other uh, Full Moon Puppet Masters. Uh, I guess this is... I'm not sure if it's from the writers of Bone Tomahawk and uh, Brawl and Cell, Bo- Cell Block 99, but some people involved in those movies are involved in this movie, and it shows. The budget is significantly higher than any of the other Puppet Master movies, uh, and uh, this is like this is one where I'm like this could actually legit be released in theaters. This is it looks that good. Um, the acting is really good, and it's genuinely funny. Like it's kind of the jokes are those ironic humor type things, and it really works good. The, the, the main actor, his name is Thomas Lennon, I believe, and he. Um, at first, I'm like I recognize this guy from something. And he was in Reno 911, and he was also one of the sidekicks in Harold and Kumar uh, Christmas. And he was, like, he had some of the best lines in the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie. And he is great in this. The line delivery is so good. But what really makes the movie 
so awesome is the insane amount of gore. This movie is hardcore graphic gory, and I love that. And I'm only going to tell you tell you one scene. Uh, this this is why this movie is so cool. This dude is taking a piss, and um, <laughs> I'm in. And yes, and and okay, back to you. <laughs> Just go on. So this this guy's taking a leak. And in comes a puppet. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break down the plot of Puppet Master. It's, it is. It, puppet Master, the Nazi, it's cool. Um, guy gets his head lopped <laughs> no, off. You gotta do more than that because all you said was Puppet Master, the Nazi, it's cool. <laughs> oh, uh, well, so, uh, the Nazi guy, played by Udo, Udo Kier, which is, yes, that's awesome. Uh, he's somehow reanimates the puppets and he himself is a reanimated something or other and the puppets. So evil Nazi puppets. They're the evil bad Evil Nazi puppets, okay. yes. So Not- they're all bad guys and he's an evil Nazi and there's Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. All right. Just, yeah. just clarifying Nazi, not cool. Yes. Nazi, not cool. Yeah. Uh, very much. Uh, Udo Kier though, cool. Uh, so guy's taking a leak and gets his head lopped off, head falls in toilet and then we get a, like a top down shot of, uh, just this headless body, dick hanging out, and he's peeing on uh, his own head that's bobbing in the toilet. And I'm like, and then blood sprays everywhere. And I'm like, this movie is awesome. That's, there you go. If that sounds cool to you, then I highly recommend checking it out. Back to you. I would like to, but I haven't seen the first 12 Puppet Master movies. So I will start down that journey someday. Yeah, This is actually kind of a... A quote unquote reboot, I guess you could call it. So you could actually start with this one and you're not really missing anything. Um, you gotta watch it for the peeing on bobbing head and toilet. That was just brilliant. <laughs> awesome. <sighs> okay. Uh, next up, Incredibles 2. Now, we have been trying to see this movie for months. <laughs> and we wanted it to be the boys' first movie in the big theater. Um, because I love the first one, you know, what's not to love? That first one is my f- favorite Pixar movie still. And we, I mean, it, it's weird. I feel like a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't in the theaters anymore. And then I check, and maybe it's just because Labor Day, it's back in the theaters. So mm. we had screening this that weekend, and we went on Monday, actually, on Labor Day. And got a big bucket of popcorn and a big, large drink and sat down and, as predicted... Double the amount of trailers because it's a kid's movie. And then I forgot, Pixar always has to put a short up in front of their films, which for the most part, okay. But this one, while it's a very good short film, it has no business being at the front of a kid's movie. Any kid's movie, let alone... Dude, totally agree. The happy-go-lucky one that, you know, would be The Incredibles. Sad, my wife is bawling... The kids are confused. They don't know what's going. Yeah. They're bored. You know, they don't. Yeah. It's over their head by a mile. This is the dumpling thing, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, so damn depressing. Why? Right. It's so dumb. I, I did not get that at all. Like you should. That should have been an extra on the DVD, or something like that. Or I don't know. It just. I look, guys. I know that you are desperate to have your version of Grave of, of the Fireflies. Great, go make that movie and make it for adults and just release it on DVD or something. Or, you know, just to the independent circuit uh, or art house films. But you don't need to do this little thing, right? I'm trying to take my four and six-year-old to see some fucking superheroes. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and it just makes everything longer. You're sitting there longer. Yeah. You got them. Tra- yep. Yeah. I totally re- so, agree with you. So by the time the movie actually starts, the four-year-old is, 
he's restless and he's bouncing around and he can't sit still and he struggled for when there wasn't straight up action happening in the movie he was struggling and uh, he's not quite there yet but uh the six-year-old did fantastic he knocked it out of the park that's my little clone so uh now that they've both had their first big on theater experience i don't have to feel bad about taking him off to a movie by himself <laughs> just me and him you know uh yeah and finding something else for the four-year-old to do till he's a little older and has it figured out uh the movie itself though excellent i i mean i was feeling rushed because the four-year-old was not chill um so it was hard for me to sit there and really engage the entire thing but that movie was every bit as good as the first one and i love the first one i i thought it was fantastic uh the only only things i didn't like is the the trope of uh dad is dumb and can't handle kids i i don't like that you and me know maybe we're just the different ones that um when dad watches the kids that's not dad babysitting it's just dad being dad yeah um that's not unusual uh I've had wife's friends say that, oh, he's watching the kids? That's really nice of him. It's just like, um, he's their dad. Why wouldn't he? Um, duh. <sighs> but yeah. uh, anyway, um, favorite part is probably Jack-Jack versus Raccoon. That shit was so funny. Yes, it was. And it was not the big slapsticky uh, stuff that made it funny for me. It was the facial expressions of both. They never gave up. They never backed down. Still angry at each other, attacking in such a way that I was just howling. Uh, the motorcycle train pursuit, amazing action. Like, you can't, you held your breath for like three minutes watching that. So it was fantastic. I hope, Brad Bird, please don't wait so long to make another one. Get on with it. Let's get a third one. We've got five Cars movies or whatever the fuck, yeah. and they all look like as good as the previous entry. Let's come on. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that it may take you a while to write stuff so so well, but uh, make it happen, that, dude. That movie made bank this summer, as yep. it should have. It was fantastic. Yep. I can't wait to get it on DVD or Blu-ray and watch it at home when I'm relaxed, and I can just yep, absorb it. Uh, and my, I mean, we actually, my wife and I watched that without the kids. Like we went just on a date night. We went to see it, and I can't wait to show that, especially to my oldest one. He's gonna love it. Yep. Uh, okay, next up, Clint Eastwood stars in Heartbreak Ridge that I watched and own on VHS for the time being. Uh, where was my synopsis? I pulled up. Bastard. A hard-nosed, hard-living Marine gunnery sergeant clashes with his superiors his ex-wife, as he takes command of a special recon platoon with a bad attitude. This movie desperately wants to be a full metal jacket, and it is not. It could be a prequel to... uh, uh, What's that movie that came out a few years ago with Clint Eastwood, Get Off My Lawn? Oh, yeah. Uh, Where it... it, Whatever, it was his name of a car. Gran Torino? There you go. It it's so bad wants to be Full Metal Jacket, but it it just comes off as kind of racist. And I know that uh, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman probably was too, but the way that he did it, it came off like he's like the, he's an asshole to everybody. Yes. Whereas this didn't feel that way. It I just didn't rub me the right way at all. There was lots of him yelling and getting drunk and being an asshole, and then 
getting into fights because he's a drunk asshole and then saying shitty things to his ex-wife and it was just like I don't feel any sympathy for you you're just I mean a prick and it kind of maybe that's the way Full Metal Jacket would have been if the main star of the movie had been Gunnery Sergeant Hartman but instead it was the other guys around him we didn't follow him when he goes home you know yeah and maybe that would be this movie maybe this is the other side of Full Metal Jacket ooh hmm Hartman's story <laughs> but for me, not so much. Pretty boring, and in the end, I don't know why the guys came around to appreciate him. I just, I just kind of been like, you're still an asshole, and I'm only doing this to get away from you. I, <laughs> but in the end, they're like, yeah, man, us, high five or something. I don't know. Eighties, good. 1986. You can, you can keep that one. Uh, back to you. Last round. Okay. Um, so. I'm going to do uh, maybe three real quick. And the first one, I'm not going to spend any time on at all. I'm just going to let you know that I rewatched Platoon again. And um, I am, I got to say, I am liking this movie more and more every time I watch it. And it, I know that we've gone back and forth on this, but I think that one of the reasons why you don't like it is I th- or as much, it has started to become one of the reasons why I like it so much. I like the chaos of it, especially that final battle where I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um, I, it ties in so well with this Vietnam documentary that we're, that you finished and that I'm Preach. currently watching. Preach, brother. It does. And I'm like, it's like, it, I'm watching it last night. I'm like, holy shit. It's like, this really feels like what I am watching on this documentary where it's like, these soldiers don't know what the hell they're doing. And I, I, I mean, they, they're good at what they do, but they don't like, why are we over here and what, we're just, we're here to walk, you know, 500 feet forward and not get ourselves killed because there could be, you know, the Viet Cong hiding out in their bunkers or whatever. And it's like, I, something about that, uh, it just works so well with me and, and platoon and just that, you know, Charlie Sheen is introduced as this, you know, clean cut, ready to take it on in the beginning. And by the end, he's just, just this grizzled, almost killed war vet. And it, Man, that's such a good movie. Uh, anyway, that's I, I've liked it. I think I liked it more this time than I have ever liked it before. Like it just it clicked with me this time, and with especially with the documentary. Uh, now, uh, I recently bought that on VHS. The last time I reviewed it, I think it was before I started the Vietnam doc. I could be wrong mm-hmm. though. But uh, this recent rewatch, my score went up for it a bit because I knew more about the director, and his. It just my score went up a bit because I understood it a little bit more. Having finished up the Vietnam doc, which I'm not reviewing on purpose until you're done with it. I'm almost, yeah. It's fine. No rush. Uh, after watching the 17 and a half hour, 10 part documentary, my score for Platoon goes up a little higher because I, okay, I understand this a little bit more now. Yeah. It's so crazy when they, when they're like, you know, we've got, We've got the Viet Cong all around us, and we, what do we do? What do we, it's, and I'm like that, that's what I'm watching on this documentary is they're explaining like the mindset of the Viet Cong, and it's like uh, anyway. I this documentary is so good, and I'm you know I'll I'll want to review that later with you. I've got two more episodes to go, and like each episode is ninety minutes to two hours, so it's a I don't it's not a chore to get through, but it's just it takes its time, and I'm like and it's so heavy that I take it in stages. Me too. I did the same thing. It took me weeks to watch it all. It's yeah. emotionally draining. It is emotionally draining. But yeah, we'll get we'll into get that. We'll get into that another day. Um okay, so um I want to also talk about uh ghost stories. Uh have you heard of this movie? Ghost stories? 
stories from 2017 just uh, literally was just released on Blu-ray this past Tuesday. So that's different than Ghost Story? Correct, yes. This came out? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Ghost Stories is an anthology uh, movie starring Martin Freeman. He's at, at least he's in one of the the shorts. And this it feels like it kind of harkens back to the Amicus anthologies from back in the day, Tales from the Crypt, uh, Vault of Horror, all those awesome old school anthologies. Um, this is a big thumbs up for me, and this will be on your stack for October. I really want to hear your uh, review of this one. You, I, I'm not sure where you're going to fall on this one, because so much of it relies on the wraparound story, because in a lot of these, the wraparound story, it's like, it gets you from story one to story two to story three, and then a little, a quick little zinger and roll credits. This one here, the wraparound story is as important or more so than the actual stories in between. But this was a really, really good movie. Um, I would have liked a little bit more meat on the bones for each of the individual stories, but the wraparound story was so well done that it made those stories still work. But it gets a big thumbs up. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Martin Freeman, he is a really, really good actor. I didn't like him in that whatever it was called zombie movie that was on the roulette. I, he's a good actor that was stuck in a not very good movie. But here, uh, yes, that's the Martin Freeman that I like. He he, They played to his strengths in that movie, and his character in Ghost Stories was really, really good. And it's just a damn good movie. I only paid $13 for this thing uh, on Blu-ray new. Worth every penny. I, it's one that I'll watch many times, I'm sure. Uh, but it's, especially for the first time, it's not going to have the same impact just because of how the wraparound story ties in with the other stories and how it just, it works really, really good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, big thumbs up. Um, and yeah. then last, um, boy, I didn't have any really trashy, shitty movies to review this. I mean, I, they've all been pretty good. So <laughs> I, I'm not, a, I'm not able to, to trash on any movies. I feel bad. Yeah. I don't. That's that's fine. Yeah, I think you do it more than enough. <laughs> okay, good. Because the last one is another home run, and that is The Changeling, uh, which is uh, the George C. Scott movie from 1979, 1980, uh, directed by Peter Medic, which I'm sure that you know who that is. I'm looking it up. He's done a ton of movies, and I'm... I don't um, think that I've seen The Changeling. I think that he... Oh. Did he actually do Species 2? I think he did Species 2. Oh, which I'm, a, is I'm just, a fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but The Changeling is a low-key, old-school, uh, haunted house movie. Um, and much like Martin Freeman, who is a great actor, George C. Scott, as you know, he is a fantastic actor. And that movie, The Changeling, completely uh, it rides on his back. And he is so good in this movie as a grieving widower that moves into this this big mansion and there's there's things going on in the mansion um the plot twists on this movie and the the how intricate the plot is and how it unfolds this is uh unlike the lodgers which it's like okay it's a ghost store whatever it's like let's, let's get on to more creepy imagery this one here the story and how it slowly unfolds makes this movie Damn near perfect. This is a damn near perfect horror movie for me. It's genuinely scary. Uh, without too many jump scares, it just relies on this atmosphere of dread and just how great that storyline is and how everything gets wrapped up in the... That wheelchair is the thing of nightmares. And I don't want to spoil it, but the wheelchair. 
You will be watching that one this October. It is great. You better put that high on my list. I'm looking over his filmography here. He's directed a lot of TV, a lot of 80s and 90s TV that I watched. But then he will make a movie or two, and then he goes back to TV. And so there's a couple movies in here I don't recognize. And then he has Tales from the Crypt episode, and then, boom, Romeo is bleeding. That is one of my gem-in-the-rough movies that I, I don't think you've watched it yet. But is that the one with, um, oh, what's his name? Roy Scheider, uh, and um, it. I I love that movie. I know yeah, I don't, I Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, okay, yes, yes. I, I have not seen that. Uh, what is it? Juliette Lewis, Will Patton, who I also love, Michael, yeah, Win- Michael Wincott, Lena Olin, James... Oh, damn, that's a stacked... Uh, I'm not done. James, there. James Cromwell... <laughs> Annabella Scaria, I can't, I don't know, you'd recognize her if you saw her. Yeah. I can't pronounce her name because I'm an idiot. Uh, then we, then again, back to TV, then Species 2, then back to TV. <laughs> I mean, look, at his 80s TV, you might even have watched some of this. This is all the shit I grew up on, man. Uh, yeah. Hold on here. Uh, uh, Carnival, he, or he did a... Uh, he did an episode from Carnival. Heart to Heart. I used to watch that shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Remington, Remington Steel. Magnum P.I. <laughs> wow. Twilight yeah. Zone. Beauty. Well, let me and- tell you what. Um, there is... This is one that is pretty much surefire. If you are a fan of slow burn, creepy as shit, old school, late... This has much more of an, a late 70s feel than an 80s feel. Like, that's... This is like... This is still one of those... Almost like the Omen, you know what I mean? Like Omen and yeah, uh, I get you. But I mean, Amityville t- Horror that that feel. Yeah, but you tell me Romeo is bleeding, I'm in. You tell yeah. me Romeo is bleeding in Species Two, that shit goes on the top of the stack right yeah. now. <laughs> you'll you'll like this movie, trust me. And I think that you're gonna really like uh, Ghost Stories as well. But um, we'll find out your reviews in October. That's it for me. Awesome. Okay, let's do coming soon and wrap this up. We're getting on okay. in time. Oh, I have stacks and stacks of VHS that I'm drowning in. It's really getting, it's getting ridiculous. I better not let my wife in my office because if she sees this, she's going to be like, what the hell are you doing? I need to get a bunch of this shit watched and stowed away, but I'm spending all of my time uh, training for this new job that I'm going to do. Uh, it takes it takes a lot of my spare time, but uh, what am I going to be watching? Fitzcarraldo, I wanna, I'm going to finally get that finished up at some point. I want to rewatch uh, Transformers the movie. This is the uh, cartoon version. Uh, the main season with Kurt Russell. Been hearing people talk about that on VHS. I've never seen it, and I've got the uh, thorny HBO video release, which is another one of those weird um, releasing labels for VHS dorks that I'll put those all on the shelf together one day when I can display all this horseshit. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of VHS is mostly where I come. I'm, I'm building up my stack of horror stuff for in preparation for next month. Just mentioning Species Two is good. Oh, I need to rewatch oh, that series. Yeah. I think I have one, two, and three in some box set somewhere. Yep, I might have to pull up my Scream Factory on that one. I love that movie. I'm still so happy that you turned around oh, in part two. Dude, that movie is just brilliant trash. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, what do you got coming soon? Um, I'm, uh, gonna be watching Caged Fury here soon, which is a women oh. in prison movie, yay! Um, Stepfather from 1987, that's the, um, mm-hmm. uh, Terry O'Quinn movie, and I know you didn't like BMX Bandits, but Severin put it out on Blu-ray, and so I have to have it. 
Uh, no, you don't. No, you don't. You. Oh, it's on. It's on its way. I okay. Mean, that yeah. that Good. ship has sailed. It is. It, it is in transit to my house. I. <laughs> if you do not turn around and sell that movie online, I will be shocked. Shocked. Yeah, but Severin, I like to collect. It's going to go in the, with all my other Severins, you see? Dude, dude I, I do the same thing with my VHS, and the shit needs to go up there, all right? In the same the same label and everything. I get it. Yeah. But there are certain movies that I don't even bother buying, uh, like Bette Midler musicals. I'm No, no, I'm out. Um, and I think that... Uh, <laughs> good luck. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Good yeah. luck. I, I look forward to your review. Um, and last but certainly not least is the Jack Ryan 4K box set. Uh, someone for some reason wanted to sell their copy, their, their set for $30. Oh. Like, um, I'll take that. Yeah. And so I'm, I've already got all my other old Blu-rays on a stack ready to trade in. Like 30 bucks. It's like, it's like almost $70 online. So yes, please. That's all me, especially Hunt for Red October. That's, that is number one on my list. I can't wait to rewatch that one remastered. And did you finish up your run of the bonds with the wife? Yes, I did. Uh, I finished up Spectre last night. So I'll, I'll review. Um... Well, I wasn't asking about the reviews. Uh, so is Jack Ryan on deck? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Awesome. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm going to review on next episode when I have a little bit more time. I'm going to talk about Skyfall and Spectre because, because I want to. Because there. reasons. Because reasons and things. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, and I need to go make dinner now, and I think it's going to be spaghetti tonight. That's, that's just oh, going to be perfect. The, the... I'm going to hop in the bathtub now. I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'll be over. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.